Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, to a special edition of the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm Rodney Fisher. I'll be joined, of course, by my co-host, but really the host of this show, Mr. Roy Fisher, here in just a second. Today is Tuesday, and a lot to talk about, of course, the AFC and NFC Championship game. We'll have to get into some of the stories from last week that we missed on on last week's show. And I'll have to get into some new stuff, new development information about the NBA, the NFL, and, of course, take your calls and comments as well. So if you listen to us live right now, give us a call, 323-927-2906. Or follow us online at rfsportsradio.com. Or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring on the star of our show, Mr. Roy Fisher. Good morning, Rodney. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I tell you what, I got my fill of football this weekend. Great weekend for football, man. Great weekend. Absolutely. So we got a lot to talk about on that front. Uh, We didn't get a chance to really talk to our people last week, so we'll talk about some stuff that broke last week, but they want our opinion on that, and also get into what's coming up this week as well. So let's jump right into the championship game. Let's start off with the NFC Championship between the San Francisco 49ers and the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, of course, had home for the advantage which they earned by being the number one seed in the playoffs. But the 49ers were the favorited team. At least Vegas thought they were going to be the favorite here. They come in there, they get down by 17 early, and they they don't flinch. Colin Kaepernick does a great job. Didn't really run the ball like we thought he would, but threw the ball very well and ended up beating the Atlanta Falcons 28-24. to So, Royce, let me get your comments on that first. Uh, first of all, Rodney, great game. Atlanta had a great game plan coming into the game. But, of course, San Francisco made the adjustment, came back at halftime and changed the whole nature of the game, didn't allow Atlanta to score anything. Listen, I, I, I've been watching this San Francisco team for quite a while, man. When they made the move to put Kaepernick at quarterback, I questioned it. Of course, I've never seen him play. A lot of people question it. But he turned out to be a great pick. I thought Alex Smith should have been the starter, but apparently Harbaugh saw something that we didn't. But listen, over the years, I saw San Francisco build this dynasty. Even though they had so many coaching chains, you know, they, they Frank Gore at running back. They got Crabtree, Alex Smith that had finally became into his own, and and this team was slowly built over a couple of years. And I tell you what. 
They just needed the right coach to come in to get these guys to play great. And let me tell you, I, I think they're going to be around for a while. I never well, really believed in the Atlanta Falcons. I was always skeptical of them because they're a good regular season team. But as we found out this past weekend, uh, they, they just can't win the big playoff games. Well, I think it's a little early to call the San Francisco 49ers a dynasty. Of course, they have to win a, a Super Bowl first, you know, with this quarterback and with this head coach. Uh, but I, I, I think the only feeling one. Right, and, and I think I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about some of the adjustments that the team made at halftime. To you, what do you think was the biggest biggest adjustment that they made in order to come from behind like that and, and win the game? I, I think it was, a, in the words of Skip Bader, they unleashed <laughs> Kaepernick uh, more so in the second half than they did the first half. And I, and I think they were a little bit starstruck at the beginning. You know, it's a big game. But once they settled down, I mean, they did the defense stepped up. Kaepernick got a little more comfortable in the offense, played his game, and I think that's what was a big turnaround. And actually, they just shut Atlanta down. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen it all year with this Atlanta team. They can score, and sometimes they just go stagnant. I thought Kaepernick did a good job, you know, and, and my hat's off to him and hat's off to – Harbaugh, for, like you said, for making that call midseason to start Colin Kaepernick because he knew he was going to give him another dimension to that offense that they didn't have previous, previously before. You look at last year, they, they went to the NFC Championship game last right. year and lost. But during that season with Alex Smith, they were only averaging about 19 points a game. And with Kaepernick, what he's done, what he's done is actually giving them an explosive offense now, something that they have to fear, not just the defense. And the defense did a good job of holding their own, too. I think the the cornerbacks and the safeties had a real big test against Roddy White, Julio Jones, uh, Tony Gonzalez. And for whatever reason in that second half, and you alluded to this when we talked before, the play calling for Atlanta for some reason seemed like they went away from throwing the ball and taking advantage of these mismatches with the corners because, let's face it, the the wide receivers for the Atlanta Falcons are a lot bigger than the cornerbacks. Uh, for right. San Francisco. But for some reason, couldn't get the ball to him. And I think that Matt Ryan got a little gun shy in that second half and, and just didn't trust his arm very much. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. I, I think he did. They did get a little gun shy. But I, I couldn't understand, you know, why they got away from Tony Gonzalez. He's the best player. I mean, he can go up and get the ball. Even on that fourth and fourth, it wasn't intended for Gonzalez. But, I mean, who do you trust in a situation like that? So you trust Tony Gonzalez. And every every pass that Gonzalez caught in that game was contested. He had someone right there with him step for step. He had someone going for the ball, and he had held on to every pass. And, and if you got a fourth and four to go to a Super Bowl, you throw it to Tony Gonzalez. I don't think there's any other play that you need to call. And, and, and Gonzalez it. said it himself on the sideline when they panned to him after the, towards the end of the game. He said he was open. And for Tony Gonzalez having one guy guarding you, that means you're open. That means throw me the Absolutely. ball. Absolutely. He's done this his entire career. You know, it, it was probably his last game as a pack and the last game as a player. And, and uh, he's always been the go-to guy all year. And when you don't do what got you to the playoff game, you kind of change the dynasty of the team, and I think that's what happened. But, uh, you know, Atlanta had a great regular season. 
Uh, they had the, one of the best records in the NFL, but they came up short uh, for years. So do we tag this franchise as the one can't get it done? Does this make Ryan in the same category with Tony Romo? Well, that was going to be my next question. I mean, what what do you think about the legacy of Matt Ryan? I mean, he did get his first playoff win finally, but still hasn't been able to take this team who's performed so well during the regular season uh, to a Super Bowl uh, or even to a Super Bowl victory. If he could just get there, I guess that would be a step ahead. But I think he's still young enough to overcome some of his shortcomings in the, in the playoffs so far. I think, he, think next season they come back okay. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, of course, won't be there, but I think they'll be fine. But I think what they really need to do, though, is is really try to get him – uh, you know, a good tight end, you know, and really try to get him more more headstrong to handle this type of uh, pressure. Because really the turning point for me in that game was the was the turnover on his fumble. And it wasn't yeah, a fumble absolutely. because he got a bad snap. He just took his eyes off the ball, staring at the uh, defensive line, and caused the, the fumble. And that's really what turned the game around for me. So really Matt Ryan's has got to get more stronger uh, mentally, and I think the team will be fine. I think they'll be in contention next year too. Absolutely, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, I once heard somebody say you have to lose one to learn how to win one. So I, I think this would be a great growing process for him. He'll look back on this and learn from it. And I, I, I look for Atlanta. You know, they have a great team. They have a great group of guys, great coaching staff. Uh, they have two of the top receivers in the league. Uh, the defense have you know gotten better this year. And I, I think they will come back and have a great season next year. Well, there is a, a video floating around, which was actually sent to me uh, via Twitter. There's a video floating around of some very, very aggravated, angry, upset, mad Atlanta Falcons fans over the loss this past Sunday. I, I even saw a video of a gentleman watching the game with a bunch of friends. As soon as they lost, he actually pistol whips his flat-screen TV. Uh, so <laughs> Atlanta fans, I just want to you want to say it's okay. You know, another season's coming. Just imagine if you were me, a Dallas Cowboy fan. All right, I, I go through this every year. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I've been there before. I, I put holes in walls. I've destroyed TVs. Just relax. It, it's okay. So I just want to talk to you guys off the ledge uh, this week right. because I, <laughs> you don't need to pistol whip your flat screen TV, man. I mean, I mean, I, I've been there. I've thought about it before. But I haven't done it, but just, just relax. I don't want to tell the Atlanta yeah, fans out there. And it's not worth it. And, you know, I kind of sympathize with the Atlanta Falcons fans, well, particularly people in Atlanta, because they don't have an NBA championship. They don't have an NFL championship. Uh, the, the one time they did go to the Super Bowl, they lost. You know, and, and, you know, they have great regular season teams. We've seen the Hawks do this. Now we've seen the Falcons do this. But, Come on, guys, you got to win one for the fans. you got to win one for the city. you got to win one for the state of Georgia. And as soon as you get that done, trust me, that feeling would be much better than you losing or pistol whipping your TV. So, you know, just be patient. It's coming. You know, you got to play a long time this season. You went deep into the playoffs. And like I say, you have to lose one to learn how to win one. Yeah, absolutely. So let's jump into the next game, the AFC Championship between the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots. Uh, the Ravens go into Foxborough and do what they did earlier this season. They get the win. They move on to the Super Bowl. The story of Ray Lewis is still being written in this final ride, as they like to call it now. And, of course, the New England Patriots come up short again. 
It's been now nine years, will be at the end of this season, nine years since they've won a Super Bowl, and they've lost in the playoffs or lost in the Super Bowl as well. So let's go ahead and touch a little bit on this game first, Royce, and talk a little bit about the first half in comparison to the second half, which in the second half the Ravens' defense shut out the New England Patriots to get the win. Absolutely. Well, you know, right from the start of this game, I knew it was going to be emotional, especially for Ray Lewis. But I, I, I think the Pat Dynasty is over. Uh, they just were manhandled by the Ravens. Uh, you know, Tom Brady is 35 now. He has more years behind him than he does ahead of him. I think this was their last hoorah. I know they were with that Gunkowski. But I tell you what, it, Hollywood couldn't have written a better script for the Baltimore Ravens because, you know, you look at Ray Lewis, you look at what this team's been through, all the injuries they had this year. And Joe Flacco really grew up this season. He became a man. He became a quarterback. He became a team leader. I mean, he put the team on his back. He broke through that jinx of not winning the game. And, you know, I, I credit a lot of this to Joe Flacco. You know, and and the receivers. Torrey Smith was a big addition to his team. Antoine Bowling can can out jump out. You know, he can beat anybody. And and I think with Ray Lewis coming back and the injuries that they suffered through this year, everybody was healthy going into the playoffs. They had momentum going into the playoffs. Uh, what better motivator than Ray Lewis? And I think it was just meant for the Ravens to win and go to the Super Bowl this year. I mean, it's a Hollywood story. You know, I think I echo your sentiments on the fact that Joe Flacco is really the reason for this playoff run. I think he deserves all the credit, more credit than Ray Lewis. And I said it because, you know, Ray, Ray is a very emotional person. He is, he is driven as a leader. He's one of the best leaders in, in sports and any sport. And he's going to continue to be a good leader, but it's, it's the cool and calm of Joe Flacco with that offense because that's always been the knock on the Ravens. The defense is great. Right. The offense can't get it done. Joe Flacco's not an elite quarterback. He went into this season not signing a deal because you wanted to wait to the end of the season to try to get a bigger deal done with the Baltimore Ravens. And look how it's paying off for him now. Not only did he go into Denver and beat Peyton Manning, but he's went into Foxborough and beat Tom Brady. And you talk about someone putting together an MVP-type season. Joe Flacco is putting together an MVP-type season. And when you listen to the defense, when they're on defense, you don't hear Ray Lewis's name being called on every tackle or every play or every sack. You don't hear Ed Reed's name being called every play, every sack. You don't hear Terrell Suggs' name being called every play, every sack. It's these younger guys that are stepping up by the veteran leadership of Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, and Ed Reed. These younger guys like Ellaby and uh, Corey Williams, all these guys are stepping up and making big plays. And that's really what Ray Lewis is providing to this team. But Joe Flacco, his cool and calmness in the pocket, the way he exposed the New England Patriots when uh, Aqib Tlaib went out the game and really started picking on their cornerbacks, what they knew they had an advantage at, he did a great job. And my hat's off go to him because he's the reason that the Ravens are winning games. And, you know, you have to now consider Joe Flacco as MVP because he's had, like you said, he's had an MVP-type season. Uh, what I think happened, they, they put a lot of confidence in him. He proved himself to be a great passer, 
they threw the ball a lot better this year, threw the ball a lot more this year, and and, and they trust them throwing the deep ball. Uh, you know, and uh, Flacco hadn't always been that great at throwing the And I think, he, like you said, he has something to prove. His contract year, uh, I, I really didn't believe him that much, but he proved me wrong. But you have to consider him now for MVP, for what he's done this year and the numbers he put up. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the other side of the ball with the New England Patriots. And I'm going to spend a few minutes really talking about Tom Brady. The question was brought up to me, and the question of this podcast and show is, is this the end of Tom Brady? And what I mean by that is he's got three Super Bowl rings, Royce. He's been in the Super Bowl five times. He's won three out of five. Of course, he's got more playoff wins than any other quarterback in the history of the NFL. He is touted as one of the top NFL quarterbacks of all time. Whether he's in your top five, top ten, he's still a, a top elite quarterback. Well, deservingly so. But is this the end of Tom Brady, his rule over the AFC, his rule over the NFL? Because for what I saw in that game, I saw a lot of deficiencies that didn't fix themselves uh, from last season. Number one, I don't feel like Tom Brady can still throw the deep ball. You know, I don't know if it's a receiving core he has. I don't know if it's just a lack of uh, arm strength that he doesn't have anymore. But but it's being exposed, and people know that now. He cannot throw the deep ball. Because if you watch that Ravens defense, they let him throw the short passes underneath, the crossing routes to Hernandez and Wes Welker, but nothing deep. And, and he got into trouble in the Super Bowl not throwing anything deep as well. And you're absolutely right. You know, when they had Randy Moss, they probably were the best deep threat team yeah, in the league. That was his but best season. No Randy that was Moss. his best statistical season. Right. There's no Randy Moss. They do have Brendan Lord. They they brought back Deion Branch. Deion Branch is not a deep ball threat. And you're right, Brady is. 35 this year, and like I said, he has more years behind him than he does ahead of him. And if you look at this team that was on the field Saturday, Sunday, Tom Brady is the only player left from that 2002 Super Bowl team. Well, him so and uh, him really, Vince Wilfork are the only two. Yeah, yeah, okay. Him and Vince Wilfork, you're absolutely right. But it's a totally different New England team. They have always brought in players through the draft. Uh, they were always questionable on defense. They showed the weakness on defense this past weekend, but Baltimore just exported them. And I, I think Belichick is going to go back to the drawing board. He's really the best coach at making adjustments at halftime. But I think he was just our coach Sunday. I think Harbaugh did a great job of making adjustments at halftime. They, like you say, they shut New England down the second half and. I think Belichick got out coached on Sunday. And I think that the whole Ravens just outplayed uh, New England, period. But I think so it was ask, coaching change. Let me ask you a little yeah. bit about, because if, if you take any lessons from NFL history, great quarterbacks don't just retire or quit on their own. You look at you look at Brett Favre, right? He came back over and over again. You look at Joe Montana, who didn't finish his career in San Francisco. Ended up going to Kansas City, and, and, and San Francisco had to make a tough decision to get rid of Joe Montana and let Steve Young be the starter, and, and it paid off for them in the championship. So Absolutely. when is when is a tough decision going to be made on Tom Brady? Is it about time that Bill Belichick says, okay, Brady, you've done so much for us, you know, but we're going to go in a different direction because they do have a great backup 
and Ryan Mallett, a guy who is very Brady-esque. He plays like Tom Brady. He can throw the deep ball a lot better. He's a lot younger with a lot more upside that you can build around. When does Bill Belichick make that decision that, you know what, Brady, it's time for us to go in a different direction with a younger guy? Similar to how Brady came in when he took over for um, – I can't think of the guy's name now – when he took over the position as well. So, uh, Drew Bledsoe, that's it. When he took over for Drew Bledsoe. Right. So, when does Belichick make that decision? Is this the time to do it or do you wait? I, I, I don't think it's any time soon. And if you go back and look at the season, Tom Brady is still a potent quarterback. He's still one of the elite quarterbacks. They did blow out a lot of people this year. I think they scored 50 points in one game. So he's still capable of being the leader of this team and a quarterback. And with his experience, he's one of the rare quarterbacks that can look at a defense and read defense and make adjustments just like Peyton Manning. So I, I, I think he will be around for a while. I think he would call his own shot as far as retiring and playing the game. I think these two trust one another. They've been together for so long. And for him to bring in a new quarterback at this point, I think, wouldn't would be the right thing to do. I think what they do is go get skilled players. Now, they've always been good about this. Guys that were in the end of their career, that were not doing so great. And, you know, we've seen this Belichick do this most of his uh, coaching life. I think he'd bring in more skilled players for skilled positions. I think that's how they change this team whatsoever, you know. And they do have a lot of draft picks. So I think and they would just go for that thing. But I think Brady will be there. I think, I think, uh, I think, like you said, I think Brady will be there maybe for one more season. But I, I think that's it after the next season. The reason I said it I because so. they're not gonna, they're not gonna let Brady quarterback at age forty. All right, he's not gonna be quarterback for the team at age no. forty if they're not winning championships. He's already 35. He's turning 36 before the end of the, end of the year. So he'll start next season at 36, going into 37. Would you say 38? But, but the thing, this, this is what I believe, though. If you look at every franchise out there who's had a top quarterback, we're talking about top five quarterbacks. Right. They've all had to make a decision to trade or get rid of their, get rid of their guy around age 35, 36. Joe Montana left San Francisco at 36. Right. Right. Bob left. Uh, he left Green Bay at 36 when they had to go younger with Aaron Rodgers. Right. When San Francisco right. had to go younger with Steve Young, and all those franchises have been able to bounce back and win Super Bowls a lot sooner than doing what, say, the Cowboys did and letting Troy Aikman retire on his own, and they have yet to go back to a Super Bowl. So I think right. that you know they do have to start thinking about that. That you know Brady is a top quarterback, but all top quarterbacks have their day. To go in for That's a younger true. player, and it's time for them to start thinking about that. But far as calling the plays and read defense, uh, him and Peyton Manning are the best there are. Uh, I think they bring somebody along slowly, and uh, I, I think he, he probably retire a Patriot. I can't see him going to play for anybody else. Yeah, Cause his relationship I, with Belichick. I think it's time to start looking at Ryan Mallon. This is my and you'd opinion. be almost crazy to let him go to another team, especially in your division. I mean, how crazy would that be? Well, I mean, it's happened before, though. I mean, if you think about yeah, it, it's, it's, happened it's, before. It's, it's happened before. It's happened to every great quarterback out there. They've all been traded. Very seldom does a quarterback retire for the team he started with when he's such a winning quarterback. The only one I can think of would be, 
uh, Troy Aikman, who played entirely too long. And then, of course, you had Terry Bradshaw, whose career was cut a little right. bit short. Right. Other than that, right. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of these guys don't finish with the same team. And, and you're absolutely right. But I, I, I think Brady retired. Uh, rather than get traded to another team because, you know, he bleeds, Patriot blue, you know, so uh, he spent his entire career there. He's made a great career there. And, uh, you know, he can walk away from the game right now, still at the top of his game, you know, even next year. So, uh, you know, it would be hard for me to – and I, like I, said, I can't see him trading and going to a team in your division or even to a rival team. To me, that would be ludicrous on uh, New England's part. But like I said, he's a, he, he's a lot older now. And you're right, there's a new breed of quarterbacks coming in. These guys are younger, stronger, and faster. And uh, we'll see. But I think, like I said, I think they'll just go get players that specialize in different positions. And uh, they've always done that. And they have they have a good recruiting uh, group of scouts, you know, that go out and get great players. So, and they do have some top picks coming up next year. So I think they'll beef it up that way. I think they'll keep Brady. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It remains to be seen. So Super Bowl, it says, is going to be the hard bowl between both brothers, uh, coaches against each other in the Super Bowl. And how big, how big is that? First time ever in NFL history, two brothers coach against each other in such a game of this magnitude, you know, in the Super Bowl. So right. we've got a lot of time to talk about that. Of course, it's two weeks away, so we'll talk more about and Super that, Bowl. That, that's huge, Rodney. Well. That, that, to me, they call it the Brother Bowl now. You know, that, and that's huge. And the parents have to be proud to have two of your sons, I mean, both of your sons, you know, coaching each other in the playoffs. It's a win-win for the parents. So, I mean, you know, that that's something I think, you know, it's really a milestone because I don't think we'll ever see that again ever in, in, in pro sports. No, I don't think so either. I really don't. Let's talk a little bit about some of the stories you missed last week before we wrap up our show. Again, I want to remind everyone to go to our website, rfsportsradio.com. Uh, find us on the TuneIn Radio app by typing in RFSN. That's RFSN to find us on the TuneIn Radio app. Or go to the website and listen to us there. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash RF Sports Radio. So I, I never got your opinion on this, Royce. At least the people have not, which they've been emailing us and asking us about it. Right. You, you read some of the articles on uh, our website written by our great uh, writing staff. So let me ask you real quick about the Manti uh, Teo situation and his made-up girlfriend. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because, of course, okay. this story is still <laughs> kind of lingering. But I just want to get your final word and final opinion. Is this guy telling the truth? Is he lying, or is it a mixture of both, maybe? And, and that's a question to me. Uh, I don't know if he's lying and telling the truth. I don't know if he's that naive uh, to be taken like that. But as far as I, I know, for me, every girlfriend I've had, I've, I've had a physical contact with, a, a conversation with, for him to have this pretend girlfriend that he never talked to on the phone or uh, uh, met in person uh, to me is unbelievable, but I'm not surprised. I, I can see how he could be dubbed because there's a show that comes on called Catfish where they actually do that. Uh, people meet over the internet. You don't know who you're talking to, 
So I can sit on that part, but for him to carry this story this far and, and to get so involved in our life that somebody you never even met, I, I think it's ludicrous. <laughs> I mean, I can't see it. Maybe he's that naive, maybe he's not. But uh, it, it's kind of embarrassing for him to be. You know, he, he may be a great player, but uh, I have to have his uh, IQ tested if I was going to pick it. That's just me personally. Well, I, I would say this. I I, I tend I, I want to believe the guy. All right, I want to believe that he got tricked. I want to believe that someone was trying to play a big yep. joke on him with the girl. I, I believe it was a, as elaborate as having someone call and and lead him on for as long as possible to try to play this out. But I think it, I think he kind of added more to the story once people found out that this girl was online and they never met, and he wanted to add the fact that yeah, we've met before and. We've seen each other, and I think that's when it kind of got out of control as the media started to ask questions. But my only comment about this story, Royce, is that the egg is on the media's face, all right, because all the media ran with this story, didn't do any fact-checking, didn't try to call the girl, didn't try to look her up online. They just kept quoting the information from other media sources, and shame on you guys for not taking your facts from the story. That's all I got to say about that. And, you know, it, it's so easy to find out a person. All you have to do is Google their name. That, that's all you, you know, got to do. That, that, yeah. that, that's so easy, and you're absolutely right. They, you know, they, they find the story, they ran with it, nobody fact-checked it. At the same time, it's, it, it's really an embarrassment. The, the whole story yeah. is embarrassing. Absolutely, know? absolutely. And, 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 and I, I hate the guy was duped. You know, like I say, anybody can be fooled. And like I say, with the internet the way it is today, I, I can see how he got fooled. But for him to, you know, uh, get emotionally involved in someone you never met, to me, I, I I can't understand that one. Well, you old school, Royce. I guess I'm old school too. <laughs> I, I got I got to see the person. I gotta, yeah, I got to see the person. Absolutely. Yeah, at least see. Right. Yeah, at least, yeah. Right. Uh, before we get out there, real quick, guys. I know they're are they lying? Are they telling the truth? Or are they both? And that's Lance Armstrong. Royce, is this guy lying, telling the truth, a little bit of both, based on what you saw in the uh, Oprah Winfrey interview? Well, Rodney, before this story broke, and you know there's always rumors, I had a lot of respect for Lance Armstrong. I, I like what he did for the sport, what he did for cycling, what he did for cancer. Uh, you know, I had a lot of respect for him, what he went through. Now I, I have mixed emotions. I, I'm really disappointed, like a lot of other people. He turned out to be a hoax. And, you know, sometimes you, you have to come clean. You can't wait till you get caught. But telling the truth to me, I, like I said, I'm old school. I grew up. And the truth is a lot better than a lie because a lie can get out of control and go on forever. If he had told the truth from the beginning and admitted it, I would have a lot more respect for him, but for him to carry it on. He keeps denying it, and he, he did this publicly. You know, people have asked him. The evidence is overwhelming that he did do it. He finally admitted it, and I have lost a lot of respect for him. I'm torn because I want to like the guy, and I'm also torn because he lied. So I, I'm still up in the air about that, but I did lose a lot of respect for him. Yeah, I did too. I think he's definitely not telling all the truth. Let's just say that. Um, right. I think he did admit to 
taking the drugs to doping and everything. But I don't think he's forthcoming by telling all the truth because he's yet to even say, you know, where how this whole elaborate scheme was carried out for years and for 15 years almost. And then the fact that he says he stopped doping when he came back in 2009. Right, right. I mean, come right. on, guys. We supposed to believe yeah, that? I mean, what, at, at this point, you really can't believe anything the guy says. You know, you have to question everything he says. Is it the truth? Is he continuing to lie? You know, uh, about the whole thing. But uh, he had a leopard scheme. I mean, my understanding was that private planes were bringing it in. So, and and for him to bully people, that you know, find that he really was bullying people. You know, you either go with me, you with me or against me. I thought was really bad. So, really, I, I I'm still torn. I'm still trying to form an opinion about the guy. But as of now, I don't respect him very much. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But that's been our show, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Remember, you can go to iTunes and download the show. You can also go to TuneIn Radio app and listen to our network, RFSN. Also go to our website, rfsportsradio.com. We'll see you guys on Thursday morning. It'll be a basketball-intensive show. We're going to have on the head coach of the Paul Quinn Tigers, who will be live on the website on Monday, and also try to have on a couple of guests to talk about the Mavericks as well, too. We thank everyone for listening. Talk about your Lakers. Yeah, I I got I got out of it today, (laughs) but I know we got to talk about it. Again, thank everyone for listening. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Until then, make sure you always listen to Sports Talk from a fan's perspective. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.